0: This is the Michael Slate Show and I'm Michael Slate. We've got a packed show for you. But first, a timely message from the Revcoms.
1: An 18-year-old white supremacist terrorist with a brain twisted upside down by fascist lies about white genocide just drove to Buffalo to murder black people and killed 10 people. Enough, enough crocodile tears from politicians and promises of reform. Enough talk about gun violence. This is not a gun problem, this is an America problem. White supremacy has been built into this country since the beginning and it has never stopped, not for a minute. And Now the system has brought forward and unleashed an all-out fascist movement that would not hesitate to kill off black people and all those they hate. These fascists must be defeated as part of getting rid of the whole system that created them. As the revolutionary leader Bob Avakian said, white supremacy and capitalism, it is not possible to overcome and finally abolish the one without overthrowing and finally abolishing the other. If you've had enough, it's time to get organized for revolution, nothing less.
0: That was a message from the RevComs on the Buffalo Massacre, and I'm sure that we're going to have more to say about that in the coming weeks, so damn, stay tuned. Now, to begin the show, here's Bob Avakian, leader of the revolution and the author of The New Communism.
2: Here is another profound truth. Even with all the ways that the heavy chains of hundreds and thousands of years of oppressive tradition, Way down on the masses of people and place a heavy burden particularly on the half of humanity that is female there is a deep yearning to be free of all this which not only leads to imaginary hopes of supernatural salvation but also erupts in unrestrained fury right in this real world. <laughs> And that fury needs to be fully called forth, given a scientific revolutionary expression focused toward the emancipation of all the oppressed and exploited of the world and ultimately all humanity, directed to fighting against the fundamental source of all the suffering. This system of capitalism imperialism, with its suffocating and brutal patriarchal male supremacy along with all its other outrages. This takes on even more powerful meaning and urgent importance in the current situation in this country and others, where the forceful assertion of raw misogyny, hatred of women, and patriarchal subjugation of women is becoming more blatant and unbridled, focused to a significant degree now in the escalating moves to even further deny women control over their own lives and their very bodies, with the right to abortion and even birth control being brought under mounting attack. Right now, this slogan and call needs to be taken up broadly and made a powerful material force. Break the chains, unleash the fury of women as a mighty force for revolution.
0: That was Bob Avakian from a recent and important talk, Something Terrible or Something Truly Emancipating, Profound Crisis, Deepening Divisions, The Looming of Possibility Civil War, and the Revolution that is Urgently Needed. You can find the whole talk online at revcom.us. So today we're talking about the struggle to defend abortion rights and the important national protests that took place May 14th. At the back end of the show, we'll hear an interview with Merle Hoffman, founder and CEO of Choices Women's Medical Center and an initiator of Rise Up for Abortion Rights. Before that, we'll hear voices from protests in New York and Austin, Texas. Coco Das, member of the Refused Fascism Editorial Board, Rosita Romero, executive director of the Dominican Women's Development Center, and Elizabeth Holtzman, former U.S. Representative and District Attorney of Brooklyn. And opening the show up, here's Sansara Taylor, co-host of the RNL Revolution Nothing Less show on YouTube, and a key initiator of Rise Up for Abortion Rights, speaking in New York City. There was a problem with the sound system in the middle of this talk, so there's no problem with your radio or computer. And you can still hear the whole talk, so here's Sansara.
3: There are a few things that are as beautiful as furious women and girls and justice-loving people taking to the streets, standing up, standing shoulder to shoulder and fighting for a better future and a better world. And there could not be a more important time to be in the streets, to be standing up, to be giving voice to your righteous rage than right now. Because the Supreme Court, as we all know, is on track to overturn Roe v. Wade, to decimate women's fundamental right to abortion. This would be an atrocity. This would be an atrocity. Forcing women to have children against their will is barbaric. It shatters lives. It forecloses dreams. It traps women in abuse. It forces women and girls to drop out of school, to lose their jobs, to lose their future, and it tells women... It tells all women and all girls, whether or not they ever become pregnant, that the state, a patriarchal state, views them as less than fully human. Forced motherhood is female enslavement. And if we let them overturn Roe v. Wade, this will not only be a nightmare for women and girls across this country for generations to come, this will not only send shockwaves of nightmare around the world because of the role that the U.S. plays around the world, This will accelerate the Christian fascist juggernaut that is also coming for contraception, for LGBTQ rights. That is also coming for the rights and the lives of black people and other people of color. This is why we say, and we must mean it, and we must back it up with our bodies in the streets, and our voices refusing to fall silent. Overturn Roe! Hell no. Overturn Roe! Hell no. We need to stay in these streets. We need to stay in these streets. And I want to let you know, riseupforabortionrights.org. We have called for this Thursday building on the last two Thursdays of beautiful outpourings of students and youth across this country, from Kentucky to Tennessee, to Colorado, to Arkansas, to Texas, to here in New York City, walking out of school. This Thursday, there needs to be walkouts on a magnitude larger across this country, coming back here at Union Square at one o'clock. And everybody has to wear green. Green bandanas, green clothing, chalk the sidewalks green, hang green banners over freeway overpasses, spread the green everywhere. This Thursday, May 19th. And then next Thursday, May 26th, all of us joining the youth, we need to shut this country down. that is now coming to a decision. We have been sounding the alarm. We have been rallying people. We have been calling on people. and by so-called leaders who are tied to them, that the most realistic thing we can do is channel our energies off the streets and into the elections in the fall. This is something that the revolutionary leader, Bob Avakian, who I follow, has warned about in an important new article at RevCom.us. And he makes the point, and I'm gonna make the point, that our power is out here in the streets. until November too late the Supreme Court will already have ruled by then it's too late we need to stop them now but the truth is that voting is not the way any fundamental right has ever been won it's not the way any progress has been made think about it even the right to vote was not won by voting. It was won by sitting in, by walking out, by marching, by freedom riding, by going to jail, by going on hunger strike, by walking across that Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma, Alabama, knowing that there were brutal white supremacist law enforcement and good old boy Klansmen on the other side waiting to inflict barbaric violence. It took standing up. As the incredible abolitionist and freedom fighter and former slave, Frederick Douglass said, power concedes nothing without a demand. It never has and it never will. And on an even deeper level, sisters and brothers, beautiful people, these Democrats They pose as champions of women and the oppressed, but the truth is they have facilitated this assault on women's fundamental right to abortion over decades. Over decades, they have sought common ground with these religious theocrats. There can be no common ground with those who would enslave women. They have run anti-abortion candidates. And they have ceded the high moral ground to these theocrats and Christian fascists. What else does it mean to say, as Hillary Clinton and so many others did for years, that abortion should be safe, legal, and rare? As if there's something wrong with it. There is nothing wrong with abortion. There is nothing wrong. There is nothing wrong with women controlling their bodies, their lives, their destinies. That is a great thing. That is a beautiful thing. We need abortion on demand and without apology. And here's another thing that these Democrats don't want to say and that so much of the movement doesn't want to say that assault and abortion has always been about controlling women. It has always been about controlling women. It's not about health care in the abstract. Of course, abortion is health care, but it's clinics aren't bombed because it's health care. They're bombed because abortion gives women control over their lives and their destinies. It's not about bodily autonomy. They like to say that in the abstract. These fascists have no problem saying, my body, my choice, when they want to deny vaccines or masks. They don't have a problem with bodily autonomy. They have
0: a problem with women. They have a problem
4: with women. Listen, they don't have a problem with bodily autonomy in the abstract. They have a problem with women. And as important as it is, as essential as it is, to stand up against the barbaric, the cruel, the bigoted, and the murderous assaults on LGBTQ people, and in particular trans youth. and we have to name women. And the Christian fascists certainly do. I remember when I first got involved in this fight going up to defend the only, the last abortion clinic in North Dakota in the 90s. And the religious fanatics who were laying siege to that clinic, they dropped to their knees and the prayer they said was this. I'll never forget it. Lord, please break this curse of independence that has afflicted women. (laughs) They go after abortion and they're coming after birth control because it has given women a modicum of control
3: or you're like me and you're trying to make a revolution that gets rid of the whole system that they and the fascist republicans represent. Wherever you are coming from in this, we need to stand shoulder to shoulder. We need to stay in these streets. We need to raise our voices. We need to bring this country to a halt. May 19th, back here, student walkouts. Thursday, May 26th, nationwide shutdown. Everybody, go to the website. RiseUpForAbortionRights.org. Sign up. Volunteer. Don't just turn out, but become an organizer. We need people reaching out to professional athletes, to musicians and celebrities and influencers, to students and religious networks. We need everybody bringing everybody they can into this right now. to close out when i say overturn row you say hell no and when i say no retreat you say stay in the streets all right okay. overturn row hell no overturn row hell no no retreat stay in the streets no retreat stay in the streets that's right thank you
0: That was Sansara Taylor speaking at a Rise Up for Abortion Rights rally in New York City on May 14th. We're going to take a quick break and be right back, so stay tuned. garbage, the men who rule the world. Before we continue with voices from May 14th, here's a statement from the LA Revolution Club responding to the comment, vote, 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 vote. Let's hear their response.
5: We've been getting a lot of comments like this in response to our videos about abortion rights, so I want to make a few quick points to you. One, if the Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade, it'll be an atrocity. Regardless of whether or not you're going to vote, everyone needs to be taken to the streets now to prevent this from happening. 2. Abortion rights were won in the first place as a result of mass protest and rebellion, not by voting. 3. We've been getting a lot of comments like this in response to our videos about abortion rights, so I want to make a few quick points to you. 1. If the Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade, it'll be an atrocity. Regardless of whether or not you're going to vote, everyone needs to be taken to the streets now to prevent this from happening. 2. Abortion rights were won in the first place as a result of mass protest and rebellion, not by voting. 3. Relying on the Democrats is stupid and dangerous. For decades, the Democrats have conciliated and actually aided the fascist assault on abortion rights. They've run pro-life candidates, championed the phrase safe, legal, and rare as if abortion is somehow a bad thing. And now they're leading people to just accept that Roe v. Wade is gone and focus on voting for them. Four. Fundamentally, to end patriarchy and all forms of oppression, we need to make a revolution to get rid of this system, which both the Democrats and the Republicans represent. Five. Right now, as opposed to relying on the Democrats, we need to take to the streets and stay in the streets, refusing to let the Supreme Court take away this
0: right. Now, let's hear Rosita Romero, Executive Director of Dominican Women's Development Center, followed by Elizabeth Holtzman, former U.S. Representative and District Attorney of Brooklyn.
6: The Dominican Women's Development Center has been advocating for women's rights, abortion rights, for over 33 years we understand that abortion is about deciding when to have a child with whom to have a child and how to have a child and we will be damned if we're going to let white men decide what to do to our bodies That's why we are saying we are not going back. We are not going back to the back alleys. We are not going back to the butcher shops. This is something that... We support abortion not only in the United States, but also in Latin America and throughout the world.
4: We also, very
6: important, we want to make sure that all religions take
4: uh, out of this. We, we say, take your rosaries out of our coochie coochies. <laughs> is a former member of the United States House of Representatives.
7: shaking in their boots. Because more than half this country is made up of women. And there's some men who love us too. They care about what's going to happen. We're here because we are angry and because we are demanding that we be treated as full legal human beings under the law. Nobody owns my body! women, indeed. If this group of hostile people who are hostile, judges who are hostile to women and to women's rights can control us, then where are we going to be in terms of any rights? Because if they can interfere with the rights of more than half the population, nobody is. There's a very famous comment that comes out of the experience of the Nazi regime in Germany. And this pastor said, When the Nazis first came for the communists, I didn't care. I wasn't a communist. I didn't say anything. And then they came for the socialists, and I wasn't a socialist, and I didn't say anything. And then they came for the Protestants, and I wasn't a Protestant, so I didn't say anything.
1: And then they came for me and there was
7: no one to stand up for me. They can't dare take the rights away from America's women. And who are these judges? It's not just that they're taking the rights away from women. And by the way, it's not just grown women. We're talking about children and young girls who are victims of incest and rape. Imagine. But what they are saying is that this wasn't a deep-seated right in the Constitution. I'll be finished in one second they cite judges and jurists who said we weren't in the Constitution and women have no rights. If you cite people from the 16th and 17th and 18th century who were against women's rights, period, who said women were property, that husbands could beat them, that they could rape them, that they had basically no rights. These are the people we should listen to today? Slave owners, what rights black people should have today? Are we going to ask Hitler what rights Jews should have today? We can't be asking these women haters from 300 years ago what rights women have today. We say no. Keep fighting. Martin Luther King said, how much longer? Not much longer. We will win.
0: That was Rosita Romero and Elizabeth Holtzman speaking in New York on May 14th. Mm -hmm.
2: They sentenced me to 20 years of boredom Trying to change the system from within I'm coming now, I'm coming to reward them First, we take Manhattan
0: That was Jennifer Warren's First We Take Manhattan. Now, let's hear Coco Das, member of the Refuse Fascism Editorial Board, speaking in Austin, Texas, where protesters were preparing to march outside the venue where Trump was speaking.
8: When Rise Up for Abortion Rights started in January, we were being prepared by the Democratic Party and the mainstream of the women's movement to accept the end of Roe. We kept hearing, Roe is gone, Roe has fallen. The best we can do is find our way around this to protect abortion rights in some of the blue states and ferry the people who need abortions to there. (laughs) Never mind, yeah, that, never mind that there are Christian fascists at every level of power, who are ready to seize on their victory of ending road to ban all abortions, to ban birth control, to ban abortion pills, to force women to submit pregnancy tests before traveling out of state, (laughs) to sue and put bounties on people who help anyone get abortion would do to their lives. But most people did not even know that the Supreme Court was poised to overturn the right to abortion. But then something happened. Somebody leaked Samuel Alito's draft majority opinion. This document is from the the dark ages. And it is it is preparing to slam people back. And Tens of thousands of people who thought they might be able to accept the end of Roe suddenly woke up and they lost their adjust- their adjustments to what they thought they could accept. And people flooded the streets. School walkouts from one week to the next doubled, tripled, quadrupled. And I am so full of love for the youth that walked out all over.
9: Yeah!
8: and it became a societal question no one could ignore. And the fury, the determination that you have brought to the streets is not only an inspiration, it is how we win! The attack on abortion comes from a Christian fascist movement that has been organizing for decades who could not tolerate the social progress that people in the street, people doing just what you're doing now, fought for and won from the civil rights movement through the women's and gay liberation movements. This Christian fascist movement that could not stand a world where women are not confined to the home, where black people can walk into any damn place they won't well reach and gay people are out of the closet. These Christian fascists could not stand that.
7: And they were determined to take
8: us back and they lied and they harassed and they murdered and they ran one lunatic politician after another and by seizing the initiative, seizing the public square, seizing the terms of the debate, they have brought us to this moment. Yes, they are ruthless. They are terrifying in their ignorance and their hatred, and they are powerful, but they are not all powerful. There is one thing they fear more than anything else, and that is the people rising up. Yeah. <laughs> Women and girls filling the streets. With Entering a world that is steeped in thousands of years of traditions chains, A world dripping with misogyny. A world of rape, of sexual exploitation, of shame. And being told over and over again that you are worthless. That you are invisible. That your life and your body does not belong to you at all, but it is the property of men, of society, of the church, of the government. Losing the right to abortion and letting this country fall to Christian fascists will have a global impact. Ever again! Because this is the most powerful country in the world. So this is the time to fight for women, to fight for the half of humanity that is born female because if half of humanity is not free, then no one is free. But that is not the only side of this story. Look at Latin America. Look at what happens when the fury of women is unleashed, and they refuse to take this anymore. Look at what happens when millions with a heart for their fellow human beings, who are being oppressed, take to the streets together, and they say, "No more! No more! No more!" And what happens if we stay in the streets together until we win, until the rulers of this system have no choice but to concede to our demand that this draft opinion get thrown in the dustbin of history. (laughs) Then we have a victory to stand on, and the people are strengthened in every fight against oppression. Still, I don't know about you, but I look out at the beautiful faces of our youth, and I don't want them to have to do this over and over and over again. Just hanging on to our rights while fascism is rammed down our throats. And the planet burns. And there is a real danger of a world war that goes nuclear because we live in a system ruled by capitalism, imperialism. A system that cannot function without vicious exploitation and oppression. And I know that many of you agree with me that this—it it is this system that must go extinct, not humanity.
9: Yeah!
8: And even if you do not agree with me, even if you think this system can be reformed, it is beautiful and necessary that we are standing here together in this fight. Our diversity of opinions and backgrounds is our strength, and we need to have principled and honest discussions and debate because that terrifies these fascists too. Yeah! Now I'm going to say I would not be here on this stage speaking to y'all if it was not for the work of Bob Avakian, who has been analyzing the attacks on abortion and the Christian fascist movement for decades. He is also the architect architect of a new communism and a road map for making revolution in this country.
9: I, that's right.
8: I would not be here if I could not have some hope that we don't have to keep fighting the same fight, but we can actually fight for a whole new world. Where humanity, where humanity can flourish. We are living in a time when the future of humanity truly hangs in the balance. A time when the problems we face will be resolved in one way or another, as Avakian says, in a way that is something terrible or something truly emancipating. And I don't know about you, but I want to go for the truly emancipating. But right now, we have a chance to defeat these fascists. They are gathering down the street and celebrating that orange turf and thinking that they can't lose. While inside their boots, they are shaking. Because they don't have the people on their side. They don't have right on their side. They don't have history on their side. They don't have reality on their side and they need your silence and your obedience and what they have to do to get that could be their downfall and they know that. We have to remain strong, we have to remain resolute, and we have to keep coming back and keep coming back and until we stop the Supreme Court from overturning Roe. Two years ago, after the horrific murder of George Floyd, this country rose up in our millions. And it is only because of this that his murderer was convicted. Our power is in the streets. And if we rise up now and we make it clear to these bloated, patriarchal, fascist that if they try to take this right away, their society will be prevented from functioning. We will bring this country to a halt. And we can win. We can win. So I want you to say this with me. Prepare for post-war.
9: No! No! Go no. strong! That's right.
0: Now we're ready for our last segment, but first some sounds from Los Angeles, where hundreds took to the downtown streets following a united protest. Get
9: out of the street!
0: here is Merle Hoffman, founder and CEO of Choices Women's Medical Center and an initiator of Rise Up for Abortion Rights. She is speaking on the BronxNet YouTube channel with host Kibben Aline.
10: Joining me to discuss the draft is founder and CEO of Choices Women's Medical Center, Merle Hoffman. Merle, thank you so much for joining me.
11: It's very good to be with you.
10: Now, as the founder of an organization that supports reproductive rights, especially being one of the first in the country, what was your first reaction to this news?
11: Well, we don't only support reproductive rights. We were one of the first clinics to provide abortions in 1971, two years prior to Roe. My reaction to the news was basically rage and sadness. Um, I was not surprised. I was not shocked because I have seen this coming for many, many years. This is not something that comes out of the sky, but this is the result of a consistent, persistent campaign of anti-choice people and organizations and politicians that wanted to see no abortion in America, and they are on their way to getting there.
10: Well, as you mentioned, this has been a fight for decades. However, in the past year, we've actually seen bans against abortion in states like Texas. Do you think that could have been a catalyst for what we're seeing today?
11: Well, what it was a catalyst for, and this has been quoted by a few Republicans. Uh, you know, they passed that Texas ban, what they call the heartbeat bill, and where anybody can sue anybody involved in an abortion, including an Uber driver. The point of this is that they said, well, there was no outcry after we passed this in Texas. You know, there wasn't rage in the streets, the, the, the thunder didn't come from the clouds. I mean, everybody was quiet and they're planning what do we do when everything goes? Well, that's why they kept going. And this is why I co-initiated an organization called RiseUpForAbortion.org, and you can find that anywhere, that is saying we are not going to accept that Roe is finished. We are not going to just talk about what do we do after all falls, we want to stop now. We don't want that decision to be published. And they didn't vote on the decision. This was just one justice, Alito, who wrote his thinking on this, whether or not he changes or what happens. You know, now we have a chance to really gather the anger of so many American women. You know, one out of four women in this country will have an abortion in her lifetime. Do you know that there are millions and millions of American women, their friends, their family, their partners, their husbands, who have had legal abortions? This touches us all. And I do want to say the reason why I'm I'm wearing this. I'm to really wear black all the time. This is this is the symbol of uh, the rise up, our organization and our movement. Because this was the symbol that the women in Latin America put on. And you know that they managed to decriminalize abortion in (laughs) Colombia, in Argentina, in Mexico. And this was in cities and states and countries that were extraordinarily uh, conservative and run by the Catholic Church. They did it. They're not looking to us anymore. They're calling and saying, how can we help you? What a fall this is for America. What, What a shame. What a shame.
10: So we actually have a map that shows what each state may face if Roe v. Wade is overturned. Seven states are protected, but majority of this map is red, which means these states are hostile. What could this mean for the women living in those states?
11: Well... First of all, I want to tell everybody watching that we're already living in a very discriminatory situation when it comes to reproductive health care. The Hyde Amendment okay, was passed in 1977 by Henry Hyde, Republican congressman. It stripped Medicaid funding away from poor women and minority women. And actually, the Hyde Amendment was what politicized me because this is something that just splits minority women, black women, you know, everyone who is struggling away from middle-class women who will be able to manage to travel and have access. So everyone has to understand that this decision will hit everyone hard. But the hardest that it will hit people are to those individuals that are, again, disenfranchised and poor and minority. And this is still in effect. The Hyde Amendment, Clinton and Obama and every president has kept it. So we wanna say, don't touch Roe and reverse Hyde.
10: So you talked about it, like how it's gonna affect so many people. I'm interested to know how will this also affect men in a negative way and why should they also care about this?
11: Well, you know, I believe in what I call a radical sense of compassion. You know, I think we're in a society now that is all about me, very narcissistic, very egotistic. And, you know, if it doesn't touch me, then I really don't have to worry about it. But this touches everyone. For every abortion, I believe I can say with certainty, a man was involved. You know, so it touches us. So that's on a personal level, okay? On a political level, we're all members of the same community. America, and we should care if half of this country is going to be cut off from general health care, from birth control. And, you know, they won't stop at this. You know, it is very possible that because it's argued under privacy, Roe was, you know, decided under the right to privacy, that they'll just turn around and say, well, I don't know, should gay people marry? That's not in the Constitution. You know, and go, I I want birth control. Because birth control, that decision was a part of Roe. So they're coming, and they're coming fast and hard and very serious. And we should all care that, you know, women are going to continue not only to be second-class citizens, but have the state and politicians decide when and whether they should be mothers. That is egregious. That should not and cannot stand.
10: So you brought up birth control, which makes me think about just other forms of contraceptives and just things that women have. Do you think those things are also threatened because of this or could they also be threatened because of this?
11: Yes. And I'll tell you why. Okay, first of all, um, very many anti-abortionists consider the pill a, a chemical weapon. You see? <laughs> because you're taking some drugs, and it's chemically murdering the fetus and the woman. So they're against that. So yes, birth control. And here's another you know, part of this awful situation. A lot of the clinics that are in these states that now will not be able to provide abortions also provide birth control. So women don't only come there for abortions, but they go for their health care for birth control without those clinics where are they going to access birth control i mean so so follow me so here they need birth control because they don't want to be pregnant right but they can't get birth control then they get pregnant when they don't want to be but their choices are minimal because maybe they can't go to get pills maybe they've can't write or get to a place where they can order them so and maybe they're more than 10 weeks pregnant you see because the pill only works till 10 weeks of pregnancy so what might they do they might use the old standbys you know drinking lye throwing yourself down the steps using hangers, which is why I've always used my seven-foot hanger on my actions when I stood in front of St. Patrick's in 89 with it, and recently, February in February, we did another action with that. Because this is what it's doing, you know, women will always have abortions. The question is, are they going to get butchered and die for them? That's the question because nothing is going to stop women from wanting to control their fertility. So this is a full frontal assault on women's freedom, women's lives, women's
10: health. I'm, I'm really happy that you brought that up, because I've seen a lot of people say that abortions will always be around. But the access to safe abortions um, is yeah. what really makes a difference and so many women are just going to find themselves in really, really awful situations. So I'm so happy you brought that up. And then even outside of abortions, I think also just maybe whoever put them in that situation may have a negative reaction to them, you know, being pregnant. So I think it puts women in a really tough situation. Can you just talk about what women can do and not just women, just everyone, what we can do to protest against this?
11: Okay. Well, um, Rise Up for Abortion Rights has been holding walkout student walkouts, you know, radical nonviolent actions all across the country. We're gearing up to uh, to have one uh, on this coming Saturday. So I think it's really important that people who can get in the streets and you know scream bloody hell. Do not overturn Roe. Uh, that's the first thing. Uh, the second, you see. I know that everybody can't do that. You know, there are people that are enraged, but they're not going to be able to march. So you can donate. You can donate to the abortion funds that give money for women who are going to have to fly up or drive up or have some place to stay overnight. You know, you can write letters to the Supreme Court. You can do so many different things that, you know, uh, you are comfortable doing. Would I love to see every woman, you know, (laughs) just opening their doors or their windows and say, hell no, we're not going to take this. And we're going, yes, of course, but, you know, a girl can dream. I know not everybody can do that, but they have to do, you see, you have to do what you're comfortable doing. And and you know what I'd like everyone to do, really? Mm -hmm. The women who have had abortions, I want them to speak about it. I want them to own that decision. I I have said many times the opposition has outposts in our head. You know, all of the guilt, all of the shame around abortion. You know, I had an abortion when I was 32. I own that decision. I own it morally, legally and constitutionally. I don't want women to feel ashamed and I don't want them to feel guilt for making what is a profoundly moral decision. I believe so firmly that it is the mother, and abortion is a mother's act, you know. Most of the women who have abortions are already mothers, and they know the responsibility of feeding that family and bringing up children. You know, and for me, it's not for men, women in black robes or whatever they're wearing. It has to be with us, with the women, with the mothers.
10: Merle, thank you so much, um, and we would love it if, you know, d- kind of just do some of the things that she mentioned to help support this movement, you know. Uh, but once again, thank you so much for thank joining me to talk about this.
0: Thank uh, you. the green if you find it or you can see it. <laughs> All right, that was Merle Hoffman, founder and CEO of Choices Women's Medical Center and an initiator of Rise Up for Abortion Rights. And if you didn't get the website everyone was talking about, it's Rise Up for Abortion Rights. Dot O-R-G spelled with a number four. Rise up for abortion And that brings us to the end of yet another show. I want to thank my assistant producer, Henry Carson, my production assistant, Jeff Pryor, and each and every one of you for tuning in. If you want to share your thoughts and ideas about the show, or if you want to volunteer to be part of the show, write to me at mslate at the michaelslateshow.com. Once again, that's mslate at the michaelslateshow.com.